This mug says morning martini on it. Should we do martinis right now? Like actual uh, ones? I changed my seat, bro, and I didn't do that. We've been working on new uh, placements, new seating arrangements. We're a little farther away now, so I got I got this uh who is it? The Collinsworth scooch. <laughs> yeah, the slide. Yeah, Chris got, Collinsworth slide. I gotta hit that bit. <laughs> what is up, everybody? The Mookie Bro, Shuffle. We gonna pat it. The Mookie <laughs> Shuffle. From wherever you're watching or listening, whether it is morning, afternoon, or you are laying in bed at night, we welcome you into the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and the homie Manny Ruffin. We do have a banger show for you today, but if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, a comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button, as well as our audio listeners. If you're at the gym listening to this, hopefully, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, drop those ratings. They do help us a long way, more than you guys will ever know. Now, we have a lot of drama to cover today. More, most importantly, as a Knicks fan, uh, <laughs> we are recording. This is Tuesday, May 9th. Birthday's on Saturday, by the way, so... Better see that in the comments, hopefully. Um, and the fucking, I guess, I guess the Knicks had no heart. And I feel like this is deja vu because we spoke last week about another New York playoff team that has no fucking heart. So again, we're gonna do that. Uh, but we have a bunch of more drama. We got Bob Huggins saying some um, comments, <laughs> questionable comments. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies had a scary, scary moment in the in the Red Sox bullpen. That was Friday night. We'll get into that. Obviously, uh, apparently some Iowa collegiate athletes are gambling on games. Yeah, I like that. You know what? How about hashtag one of us? Can we say like that? that? Can we say that? Uh, let's, plenty let's of stuff get, in the NFL. Caught. Let's not get caught next time. Yeah, let's not get caught. <laughs> uh, plenty of headlines in the NFL. Can't wait to get to that. Obviously, I'm going to highlight the New York one out of the Dexter Lawrence signing. Big bag. Big, big bag. And you know what? We'll get into that. But and It's funny because I tipped him on this podcast fact. in playoffs. Well, you, I think Deserve it's funny because that money that he got in there, that's like the bar for those defensive uh-huh. tackles now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at the at we've seen $95 million at that at that position. Now I, we're seeing ninety. I agree. I don't strongly agree, but I agree. I fuck with Dexter. I mean, that's, I, mean I, I saw the picture of him next to uh, – Joe Shane and uh, he like he's not even up to like his his nipple. That's a big motherfucker. I mean that is a big dude. That's a big motherfucker. Uh, plenty of stuff on the NHL as well. Obviously the Leafs and the Panthers, and of course we got to go back to uh, to the Rangers with Coach Gallant getting fired. Uh, he they he first of all he did not part ways, uh, and then we had we had the lottery last night. Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> man. This? I was cracking the fuck up. What? I don't know if it's real. We'll talk about it. I don't know. But just know I was cracking the fuck up. NHL Twitter's funny. NHL Twitter's funny. <laughs> NHL Twitter's pretty funny. Uh, and then, of I course, finally, we'll close it out with some NBA. We do have a banger today. Uh, Sixers and Celtics. Unbelievable series. James Harden. I'm going to play more of the character uh, of the um, the stuff that he did for the Michigan State student because that, that was, was really cool. cool. Um, and then, obviously, Julius Randle has no fucking heart. So. Right. All right, let's kick things Speaking off. Speaking of Sixers, though. <laughs> Joel and B. Yeah, let's start there. Joel and B. MVP, hey, 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 hey. We'll get our we'll get our Bababa uh, headers for merch. We need some MVP merch down here. We need to get some MVP merch. Shout out Joel and B. Finally, we got it. We went through the walkout together. We went through the Kawhi shot together. We went through a year not playing together. We went through Ben Simmons together. Brett Brown. We went through all that together. Now we got the MVP. One thing I do want to say, I do wish that they did the ceremony still. I didn't really think about it until it's like my guy, you know what I mean? But then you think about like the clips from the uh, the KD speech, him shouting out his mom, 
the Steph speech where he's talking about his dad and how it was a difficult road, even though he had a dad that was an NBA. I think it would be cool to still have the button up ceremony. I think there's something sacred about the MVP ceremony. But shout out to Joel Embiid. But you know what? Maybe they'll still do that. I do think it would be pretty cool in, in itself as well. Um, Getting the award in front of your crowd in the playoffs is fire. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it is fire. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a sold-out crowd. <laughs> and you're the center of attention on the center of the floor. Your kid's there. Um, that was cool. That was cool. Little, he said he was, arch, like, crying arch. and everything. Yeah, no, he was. He was. So he was. that was pretty cool. Um, and, and you know, he, he breaks the he, he breaks the, the Jokic, you know, yeah. the Jokic 3P because – Everybody was saying, you know, just small talk on this bullshit, but everybody, like, these analysts were all saying if Jokic wins his third in a row, that would mean... Like, who is he? Right. <laughs> like, you know what like, I mean? Then we're going to have to put him on this type of pedestal, exactly. but is he that guy to be put on that pedestal? But if you get three back-to-back-to-back MVPs, then you should deserve to be on There's that pedestal, right? There's not a lot of guys right? in there, yeah. So, like, there, that's where, like, the questions were, were coming up. Um yeah, just quick stuff on that. We'll get to the Sixers a little bit later. Let's start with our fellas down in Iowa. The University of Iowa from ESPN announced Monday that 26 athletes across five sports, which are baseball, football, men's basketball, men's track and field, and wrestling, and one full-time employee of the athletic department are suspected of wagering on sports in violation of the NCAA rules. Pretty, pretty crazy stuff. So, I'll... Obviously, the NCAA rule, NCAA rules have to be like any sport. It can't or any school, right? It's not just your school because you don't have information on schools in your conference. Right. That's like we didn't talk about the uh, the NFL scandal that just happened with the six players. A couple of them out indefinitely now. A couple of them got suspended. The James Williams, Saka Tony, all them. Yeah, bro, everyone's doing it. Like it's got to be in every locker room, every single school. Like there's no. I mean, motherfuckers are like us. I, I mean, I was not good enough to play D1, but if I was, I wouldn't have stopped gambling, I can't assume. I would have found what I had someone put money in for me somehow, you know what I mean? Guys probably do the same shit. And, like, even guys who probably don't gamble, it probably... Because some of those guys, I mean, again, there's gambling violations, so maybe it's giving out information, you never know. Could be placing bets, could be giving people information. You got a homie that's degenerate back home, and you go to Iowa State, and you play Big 12 football, and you play for lines that millions of people are betting, you... Bet your ass there's people probably texting you. Yo, bro, how's it looking? Like, how's is he is he really hurt? Such and such stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's this shit is really shining a light of how much is going on. I'm more interested to see do they put the band hammer down harder? Or do they do it lighter? Because is it one of those things where it's kind of like a marijuana-esque kind of thing where it's like, all right, everyone's smoking pot now. Like, maybe we shouldn't suspend guys for the entire year for smoking weed. Like, everyone's gambling now. Maybe we shouldn't suspend guys. Or it's like, everyone's doing this. We need to get this the fuck out. Like, we need to Pete Rose everyone who's gambling. Like, I'm going to be real interested to see how they do that because it's a bad problem. I mean, they in that article I read, they there was um something about, I think it was the Alabama coach. And there was something going on in their game where yeah. he was talking to he was talking to a guy who was betting on the game, and he's the fucking coach. And I mean, I love betting on the College World Series, so like it's yo like well, all, that, everything's fucking rigged up, huh? like everything's fucked. Right to that point, this again, this is an ESPN article as well. The announcements came. This announcement came days after Alabama fired baseball coach Brad Bohannon 
amid an investigation into suspicious betting activity on the Crimson Tides game against LSU on April 28th. Listen to this, like, though. Come the fuck on. Sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bets was communicating with the head coach at the time. Come the fuck on. Multiple sources with direct information about the investigation told ESPN. So, again, this goes back to my point that, you know, you brought up at the beginning of it, though, which is, I mean, everybody's doing it now. <laughs> and I think... Like, I'm going to draw it from when, like, Calvin Ridley got Mm -hmm. suspended last year. And then we're seeing more and more guys across the NFL. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing that that got suspended. Guys on Seattle, guys Mm -hmm. on Washington, um, practice squad players. Everybody's doing it. And now we're getting college, you know, players doing it. This is, again, Iowa said, this was the quote, has received information about 111 individuals. And that's the end quote there. That's a lot of fucking guys. That's a lot of people they got info on. I think that's just info. Plenty of people that don't snitch. Some people don't open their mouth. That's some people like, don't get Am caught. I dumb for saying this? Like, how are they getting that information? And who's willing to give up that information? Only you only need to get one rat to get a family, bro. It only takes one. And then rat. what? So then what? Those guys don't get suspended as long. Like what? Wait. I don't know. They always work their deals. We won't tell them we told them. You know what I mean? All that kind of bullshit. Right. Um. Yeah. I, we're gonna see as as time goes on because you know. We haven't really seen it that much in hockey. Haven't really seen it much in baseball. Did they say how long the suspensions were? Or did it not come out yet? I don't believe so. I'm, in- I'm real interested to see what that is. Uh, leadership was notified May 2nd of potential oh, yeah, criminal no way, conduct no related yeah, yeah. to sports wagering. So they don't have that shit. Um, yeah, look at that. Law enforcement last Wednesday provided the university with a list of individuals alleged to have participated in sports wagering. So people are fucking... You gotta people even are think, talking. I'm, I'm probably on some... F- Federal shit right now, but people have said it on Twitter, so I can't. This can't be too federal. You've seen it too, where people be like, and NCAA stuff. I got information from X school on this. I've seen plenty of cappers say that about a pick. Now, could they be lying? They like boost their pick, their credibility. Who knows? But I won't be surprised if there's just regular sharps all over these across these books across the nation that have Instagram's a real thing, Twitter's a real thing. Quick Instagram DM, yo, I'm putting, I've been betting X amount on you guys. Like, what's going? On? Like, I'm, I could show you this if you just give me some info. Right. Well, I mean, I'm the, sure the, the Iowa Gaming on. Commission's involved in this shit now, <sighs> and now obviously they're saying as well, like, you know, this is basically there. It's like indefinitely right now, but that they're not playing obviously in their respective <laughs> sports, but it's still under an investigation. So curious to kind of see what happens with that uh, as as we move forward, especially not only with this story as well, but just athletes professionally and collegiately gambling on sports let's move over to west virginia coach bob huggins (laughs) using a homophobic slur referring to xavier fans in a radio interview um this was also kind of nuts uh because i think he just okay it was that f word i thought he said fuck so did i Okay. So did I. Hey, okay. Gotcha. So in the article, gotcha. this is cbssports.com. If you're able Please to read be nice this article, to his YouTube. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. We're not going to say the word. All right. So don't take the video down. Oh, okay. But he said um, those Catholic yeah. f word. Okay? okay. So that's on the radio. On the radio. And you know what I didn't like about it was it says here that because they're quoting it right, and then I didn't like about it is. At the end of it, it says the segment ended with some awkward dead air and some laughter before the host quipped that Huggins was, quote, the best. 
end quote. Yeah. So he says those Catholic you-know-whats, yes. and then the host of the radio show yes. laugh and per- say, you're the best. Precisely, yes. And, and so was, why are we not drawing attention per- onto those fucks for saying yes. that? And, and, that, and I, when I read that, I was like, damn. People really sleep on that Xavier Cincinnati robbery. He don't even coach there no more. Right. And I don't know if you remember, when we were like 9, 10 years old, they had that big brawl. Yeah. Puncher yeah. Stone, guys mm-hmm. were buddy. That's Xavier Cincinnati. I'm like, damn, this... This fucking robbery transcends generations, transcends job firings. Doesn't even matter. Holy shit! He said, and he knows um, some shit about that. He knows some shit about them fuckers too, though. But that, but that, that's crazy. Though. Dude, that's how he says but me. I mean, at the same time, radio hosts, most of these guys, like you get a Bob Huggins on. They've been idolizing Bob Huggins for years. He says some shit like that. They don't know what the fuck to do. They're looking shit like, what the fuck did he just say? Like, we can't edit that out. We're live on radio, dude. Live on radio. Could that affect what he has going on now? Like, I don't know what. I mean, I know he. I, if, I, and, and keep with it being. You guys are subject to to feel however you feel about me. If he's if he was my coach, I he coaches tweaking, but I hope he don't get fired for real. I mean, honestly, that's probably what I'm thinking. Right, but depending on what my relationship is with that coach. But if if I'm a player and I'm like, yo, like Coach Huggins is a nut. I don't fuck with Coach Huggins. First of all, if he says that shit. That's the first thing that takes all twelve of your players to turn on you. So I don't know what I don't know what his situation is at West Virginia, but I'm saying like with the AD with his players, if they're like a, a Bob Huggins, we love that guy kind of guy, they could be like, all right, it was bullshit. But but if, if they don't really like him, if there's some rumblings going on over there, I'm like all right, get this guy the fuck out of here. First of all, he's getting fired. Okay, like he's Gotta getting be. fired. Let's remember Cincinnati. Remember Cincinnati Reds announcer and Fox NFL, uh, Fox NFL Sunday Tom Brenneman when no. he said the. You know the F word capital of the word of the world, and he got fired because of that. He was on a Brady. It was on a radio MLB broadcast. It was just two or three years ago. Yo, and he he came on the hot mic. So it comes back from commercial, and he Yo. says like you know talking to his you know his color guy, like his his you know color commentator, and he says you know because they were talking about San Francisco, and he says you know. F word, capital of the word. No, 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 no. Bob Huggins is getting fired. So if what I was saying was more so from no, 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 no. I wasn't saying he's not getting fired. What I was saying is from a player perspective, do you want him to get fired? Do you not want him to get fired? That's what I'm saying. That's a good question. Like if you're watching, if you're watching your player, your AD, like you're sitting there, like damn, we fuck with Coach Huggins. We was just in the tournament. Facts. Like we don't want to get fired. Or it's like damn, Coach Huggins be having us run ten sprints at six a.m. in the morning. Like Like, we're done. Say that wild shit. Like yeah, fuck, bro. Like he like. Live on radio. West Virginia is saying um, like, the situation live on is, radio is mind blowing. under review and will be addressed by the university and its athletics department. I mean, there's not much to say. Obviously, like he said that. Uh, live on radio. Huggins' remarks today on Cincinnati radio show were insensitive, offensive, and do not represent our university values. Apparently, oh, he, right, since, right. <laughs> he since apologized. Uh, the university said in a statement that obviously they don't condone that such that use of such language and they take those actions very seriously i think it's worth because i think it's worse because he not only used it in that derogatory way but he was aiming at he was aiming that at catholic xavier students oh yeah like he said those catholic you know what i mean like that's even i think that's that's terrible live on radio radio. see like here's my thing you can't edit that like like, it's all this like where's your no where's your awareness homie that's what i'm saying where's your head bro what are you doing what are you doing like some of the things that That i'm saying that rivalry run deep bro you probably said fuck this and like again everyone's (laughs) gonna say like yep you know he he's he's 
That means he's used to saying this word, right? He's used to saying this word because he says, sure. okay, bro, like sure. whatever, right? whatever, sure. fine. Right, sure, whatever, yeah. Don't be more focused on that. Be more focused on like, hey, if you use that word, then don't publicly go on and say Live it. on okay? radio. Okay? I'm not condoning that you Live should be using that word. Live on radio. But if you're, on, if you're older and like that's what you grew up with, it's time. First of all, it's, it's live. It's live. <laughs> like, it's, and like, hey, it's time to make a change, first of all. But second of all, how are we sitting there like live saying this stuff? And oh. then again, I said it already, but That's I need to before we move aware. on, That's I need to say this awareness. again. Why are the fucking at least from this quote, but why are the fucking hosts of that show not getting ripped apart too? saying some laughter before the host quipped that Huggins was, quote, the best. So he says that and we're like, yo, <laughs> you're so funny, man. You're the best. What? What? Why? Show, get them fired too then. What? If you're going to fire him, then fire them. With this, oh, if everyone wants, to get, everyone wants to do dumb shit to get canceled, then but make it equal. Just saying. All right, over to Deion Sanders in Colorado, the athletic director at Colorado. Backs Deion. This is from the score.com. Uh, amid his roster shuffling, saying his quote was, uh, this is his way to do it. Obviously, we talked about uh, in, in weeks prior to when uh, when Dion was, was hired, he said, uh, I'm bringing my, my Louis Vuitton baggage, so you better get in the portal. And what the fuck happened? You got your wish. You got your wish. Uh, uh, do you see that kid on Twitter that was like complaining about like that shit, that he transferred and like he wouldn't get a fair shot? Yeah. He told y'all what it was. He told y'all what it was hitting for way before he even got there. He sat y'all all down in the, in the auditorium and it went viral. I have no problem with what Dion's doing. I hope it works. Yeah. I really hope it works. Um, but now I have no problem. Like, I see kids, people were like, the one kid that went viral on Twitter complaining about it. People were like kind of having his back and some people weren't. This college football at the D1 level is more of a business than you will ever understand. Like, the, we start peeping it now, the money that's at stake and shit like that. And NILs helping people understand and shit like that, bro. But Dion's a great guy. I think he's a great coach. But when I say this, don't take it the wrong way. He don't care about you. You know what I mean? Like that, and that's and that's what people had to tell. Like other, like uh, there's probably play college athletes that have got told that statement. Like at the end of the day, this recruiting process and all this, they they care about, but they don't really care about you. Like where you end up. They'll be curious and they'll hope you end up okay, but nothing is more important than their status quo. That's just life. That's how it goes. But most people don't really realize that till they go through the college recruiting process at that high D one level. It's like, oh fuck! Like he did tell me he's bringing in Louis bags, and I ain't Louis. <laughs> I gotta get the fuck out of here with my Jansport bag. I don't got no problem with what he's doing. I just hope it works because if it doesn't work, you know it's gonna get loud. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you're looking at this article here, a total of fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Colorado players have entered the portal since the Buffaloes hired mm. Sanders uh, in December. Easily, okay? Easily the most in the NCAA. Obviously, that makes sense, right? We knew that 57 was going to be the most in there. Didn't really think it was going to be that many. wonder how many of these but, Colorado kids are going to go to other schools and just ball on their, like, on their fuck Dion shit and really ball out. I'll be interested to watch their stories, too. I mean, there's also some players that were capable, very decommitting. Capable. Oh, for sure. Is that the word? Decommitting? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. guys that were ready to go yeah. said yes, and yeah. then... And, we, and you I'm, heard about, I'm, like, I'm especially with your boy Sam and stuff, Pammy's probably started moving and shit. Like, yeah. putting their dad... Yeah. It's tough. It's really a business, bro. Like, when, yeah. I, when I said they don't care about you, that's the shit I meant. They don't really... 
They hope you go to a school and end up okay. We don't care about that house y'all bought or people trying to move or these plans you guys made. It is what it is. Well, you remember the the video when he's addressing the team for the first time. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if that coach comes in again? I know that that's, this is the way that he does it. But how would you feel if this coach is standing in front of you saying like, some of you guys fucking suck and I'm going to bring guys that are better than you. So get out of here. That's the first. That's the first. You know, impression that I'm going to get from my coach kids, is I fucking suck and kids, I got to go. The kids in that room that are going to make it either on the field or make it in life are going to just hear that, laugh, and go ball. Uh, life or the field, they're just going to hear that and go ball. Kids that aren't going to make it are going to just going to complain. Like, oh, hey, Dion said, oh, I fucking suck. Uh, whatever, bro. Your film's your film. If your film's good and you don't suck. You're going to get hit, picked up by another high major. You're going to be playing in a big time conference. You might still be playing in the Pac-12, and you could get a rematch versus Dion. You know what I mean? The winners, the winners are going to take that shit and, and, and run with it regardless. I, I think it's all – at the end of the day, I think it's good for Colorado. I think it's good for the kids in that situation too. Big, you know what I mean? Big life lesson. If I was 18, I don't know how I would take it. But I hope those kids take it right. well. Right. I mean, we'll see how, how that works out with, uh, with Dion because, again, <coughs> he's got a lot of pressure now. 100%. Right? Because, 100%. you know, if this been, backfires – Been under a lot of pressure. Been under a lot of pressure. Been so under a lot of pressure. For real. Again, uh, you know, haven't had a winning season since 2016 as well. So, uh, obviously pressure to win, but in this case, pressure because you kick some guys out <laughs> intentionally. Uh, let's move over to the Phillies. Tough stuff here. Um, you know, I guess really just sad stuff in, in Philly to see at a, <laughs> at, a, at a game. It had nothing to do with the players. Uh, a fan was stretched off after falling into the bullpen during the Red Sox-Phillies game Friday night. I was actually watching the fucking game, and, you know, you can tell you're just watching the regular game. It's not like they had cameras on it where you saw it live. I was watching it live, but all of a sudden, like, I think it was, it might have been Alvarado that ran out to Castellanos, and then they show, they move the camera, and you see Alvarado running, and his face is just, like, completely shook, and he's running Castellanos, and he's, like, pointing, and he's, like, yelling at people to come and help out, and then as, like, time like progresses it it happened in the Red Sox bullpen mm-hmm. so like you're looking at these relief pitchers and the their faces they're crying they're they're just in complete disbelief and shock that something like this happened now I think again this may be me being ignorant but everybody knows how Philly fans are I think that this guy was just heckling as hard as he could and he's leaning over the railing pointing pointing and maybe the railing was like up to his you know sternum i guess and he just leaned over and he just toppled over and fell over down and and fell all the way down on the concrete and and i mean the they showed the his face when he was getting stretched off his whole like i think that was his left side of his face was puffy i mean is he had a black eye i mean there was they were huddled around this guy for like 10 minutes and we were you know i was talking about it with um you know with my brother when i was watching it i'm like dude like is he dead like did he snap his neck like, Could how have. does this happen? So, if you're the Phillies in this case, I guess we're raising the fucking bullpen fences? So Maybe, this doesn't happen that, again? Nah, that, that, I mean, if you you sat in the outfit out there, that shit is kind of low. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of low. That's Because I was going to say, because you were saying like what he was doing, I, bro, he could have low-key been doing anything. Like, he could have been, because I catch myself when I'm in that position, when I was in those seats and I'm at the front, I turn around a lot. And I'll fuck around with people and I'll laugh and joke around and shit. And like, even even though, like, I don't know, bro. They do have to raise those fences. But damn, just be careful out here. Wait, bro. I got it. 
I know what it was. Just be careful. What, what happened? Fan fell over the fence, separating the concourse and lowered, uh, the and the lowered bullpen area while attempting to retrieve a ball that a player had thrown. Wow, so again, yeah, it was the leaning yeah, over yeah, aspect. Yeah, yeah. But again, I still think that's and that's like, probably why the Red Sox players were so in shock and crying and shit because someone's probably like, "Dude, I just tried to toss my ball. I gave him a bad toss." And he just he tried to fucking fuck he tried over. to get that shit. Yeah, that would kill me, bro. They that were crying. Kill they were crying. Me, bro. I mean, it was delayed for ten minutes. Could you imagine that? Like you throw that shit, you just see like, oh no, like don't go there, don't go there. You see him fucking lean over, like. Oh, and then Tom uh, McCarthy on the broadcast yeah, was that. talking about um, just how silent the stadium was because. If you're sitting, you know, on the third base line, or you're sitting in the upper second deck, um, you know, in in, in left field, you are you just you can't really see from that far. They're all the way in in right field. Right. You know, you can't really see. So then you're like, why is the game stopped? Why is it so quiet? What the fuck's going on? They're obviously not going to show it on the big board. Right. Like maybe they make an announcement. I don't know. So like, just a very weird start to the game. I Again, I, I'd like to know. From people who were in the stadium, like how far away could you have been and know what would happen? Because I assume exactly. he was screaming. Yeah, I assume anyone in the outfield knew what happened. The bullpens were had to be screaming. Anyone, I feel like anyone in the outfield knew what happened, and like deep, like you know when you're on like the you're on the foul line. Yeah, like probably anyone from the foul line to like third base probably like knew what happened. Obviously, there's people in the diamond club and shit that probably saw what happened, which was fucking probably horrific. Like you're just looking out at the pitch and you just see like literally in front of your face. But it's like, also like take note that that is a this fucked up was that's a fucked up experience. Zach Wheeler had thrown three pitches in the game. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and then this happened. Yeah, that's it. The nah, game had just prob- started. Yeah, I say no one knew then. No people one. Were, no people were walking. People were probably still people drinking were still probably outside. Like walking to their seats. Yeah, people were still drinking outside. The you know, fuck guys, at the bar. Like, guys like me, I'm throwing my fireball bottle away in the trash can out the front. Bro, you know? you're at the <laughs> bar getting a drink, and all of a sudden, you you know, you hear the silence, and then what? You're like turning yeah. around, like I gotta pay my shit here. Here's my card, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? What, what what what's happening? I don't know what's going on. So I mean, that was just unreal. Uh, the fact that, that again, that was the beginning of the game. Yeah. But there was you know a huge delay. I mean, Zach Wheeler like was still warming up, and then. He went back to the dugout. He sat in the fucking dugout. Fucking Cassianos is sitting on his ass doing stretches in the in, in right field. What the fuck else is he supposed to do? Because like they got that, the EMTs like, out there. I like that he's locked in. He was locked Keeping in. He his was, body he was loose. sitting like this. He had his hands like this. <laughs> and as he stretched out, he's just hanging. I'm like, yo, you do you, man. You do you. <sighs> yeah, that was unreal. Uh, scary moment there for Philly. As we're on the, um, the Philadelphia topic here, can you tell me what, like, were we wrong about Mookie Betts and... Yeah. Girls not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> Flashback. I think I said maybe two girls with no Mookie Betts in, in a random Dunkin' Donuts down Philadelphia. And I was taken by surprise. I was in the bar. Met a little honey. And I asked her where she was from. She said Massachusetts. I said, okay. But what would she say, though? She said Mass. Like, who says that? I don't know. Maybe Any they, Boston maybe, people can explain maybe that, that's please? What they, maybe that's what they do up there. So I didn't really put two and two together that she, that Boston would be there. I was just, you know, drunk. Like, oh, man, she's a cute girl. I don't really care. You're just talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, well, where are you from? I'm like, oh, right outside of Philly. Da, da, da. First thing she says is, 2-1 Boston, baby. Da, da, da. <laughs> Next thing she says, and Zach Wheeler got rocked today. I was like, what the <laughs> Did fuck? Manny find the one? Literally instantly. Didn't even instantly think that. I swear to you, I instantly was like, I was so wrong. Like I was probably <laughs> so wrong. Holy shit! Well, you 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 said you normally don't like talk sports with girls at all. E- ever, ever. Unless I mean, unless they bring it up. More girls, you'd be surprised. Like I think I was actually wrong because when I actually think about like 
chicks I talk to, more girls kind of bring up sports. I think they might assume guys are into it, and it's been more of like a, a middle ground these days. But you'd be surprised, bro. I, I actually think I was wrong. I was talking to you before we started. I'm like, I'm up at that number from two. Probably like six. Because we said two out of ten. Because you got like Mookie bets too. Like, I don't know. The way she was rattling off Sixers players, like Zach Willard had his amount of earned runs. I was like, oh, okay. What it, what it was, I was wrong. Like, this was my bad. A couple episodes ago, Manny had said, how many girls in Philly are, because we were talking about Shohei Otani, and that like everybody knows him, you know, mm-hmm. all over, like he's the face, right? Well, we, want, we wanted him to play in a bigger market. So bigger every, market. So everyone would know him, basically. And the quote was like, Manny had said to me, what is... Like, what are the chances of a random girl, temple girl in Philly in a, in a Dunkin' Donuts if Mookie Betts walks in? How many people know that? Out of 10 people, he said two. So now in this case, we got Boston girls that are just locked in. They know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I had to go to South. So we might have to, so we might have to raise My that. Fault. Maybe we were fucking wrong. What do y'all think? Yeah. <laughs> how many girls? So how many girls in Temple... Or is this Temple University or X Place? X Place or X Place, whatever. Know who Nuki, who Mookie Betts is if they walk into if he no walks uniform. into no uniform. If they know who Mookie Betts is if he walks into a random Dunkin' Donuts for his coffee at eight in the morning, it's a good question. I think you know it's funny. I'm getting off topic, but like I think of like Mookie Betts build too. Like I think if I think maybe like a Mike Child, I think Mike Child might be like a ten for ten. Well, because again, he's he, fucking yeah, jacked. Yeah, but, again, but like, again, he's a Philly guy. Neck, not even Philly guy. Neck, like 18-inch neck. Like, yeah. I feel like if I if I didn't even watch baseball, I feel like Mike Trout could walk in somewhere. I'd be like, who the fuck is this? Oh, I, I, I even mean, when you see him at the Eagles game, you see him sitting there, he's taking up almost like a seat and a half, yeah. his big-ass neck. I'm, Mike Trout, probably, but like Mookie Betts, I feel like, I don't know his measurables, but I feel like he's probably like six-something, like 180s, 190s, like regular build. I feel like it, it'd be harder, but I was wrong. I think I was, I actually didn't to say I was wrong. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got six of y'all. I got six of y'all guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed I got six. Guaranteed I got six of y'all. Guaranteed. And you said you checked out the... Um, tell these guys about fucking the Barstool that you saw. Yeah, it was a cool, cool little spot. Um, Where is it in Philly? Uh, right on Samson Street. Never went in there. Me and my boy never went in there because it's always a long-ass wait. Uh, had some special accommodations. Can't tell y'all how we did that. Yeah, facts because we're gonna ruin the secret. So we went in there and checked it out. It's a cool little spot. I, Gilly, Gilly be promoting that shit. I, I, I like it. I like it. Do I do I like waiting thirty minutes outside the bar to go anywhere? No, not like anywhere. Is there a cover? No. Nah. Mm-mm. Nah. Only you said cover. there's a wristband section. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I fuck don't, with do that. They have, don't I heard they have the kiosk in there so you can actually bet in there? Is that true or no? Did you see any in there? You probably nah, too shipping to that. Nah, place. nah, nah. You. That can. would be sick though. I don't think. Maybe we just said that. I don't think you can bet in there. That would be sick. Why the fuck wouldn't they do that? That'd be. Are they bad. allowed to do that? I don't that'd know. That'd be bad. Why don't you just put the? I mean, hey, put the key, put the barstool kiosk in there. I've never been in there. I'm just. I don't around. think you can do that. No, I don't think you can do that. All right, over to the uh, NFL here. Some quick stuff on. Where is it? Here we go. Panthers GM, no timeline. Oh my god. On Bryce Young starting, Carolina Panthers general manager. Scott Fitterer doesn't have a set date for when number one overall pick Bryce Young will take the starting quarterback job. Again, this is from the score.com. Uh, we're going to rely on our coaches, Jim Caldwell, Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, to decide when it's right. Again, that's another quote from Panthers GM as well. I don't know why you don't feel okay with saying a number one pick <laughs> is going to start. I would just pick number one, no? Like, number one overall. It's not like he was fucking Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, okay? This was Even number Jay one. Like, like, 
Again. I don't know. I hate it. First of all, I hate who the this fuck shit. does he have to beat? Andy okay. Dalton. I think it's Andy Dalton. In the, in the article, they, they said, I think you can scroll down the article. I'm pretty sure they said, you can quote me on this. I'm pretty sure they said that Andy Dalton is a starter right now. Here it is. Fitterer added that veteran. Thank you. Fitterer added that veteran Andy Dalton, who was signed as a free agent, is the current starter. Listen to this. Here's the quote, fellas. If Andy's the guy to start the season and he's the starter right now heading into the season, then he'll be the guy. He explained, this is again, Scott Fitterer, the Panthers GM, the Panthers GM, when Bryce is ready or Matt Coral, what is it, Corral? What was Corral, I saying? Yeah. Matt Corral is ready, whoever it may be, guy, that'll yeah. be the time they go in. We say it's open competition, but Frank did say, hey, Andy, hey, Andy, he's our guy right now. He'll walk into the season as a starter, and then, as you know, the young guys compete underneath them. Then they'll go in when they're ready. So, okay, okay, okay. Let's think about the draft, though. How many times are we hearing a Todd McShay, a Mel Kuyper, a, a, uh, a, uh, who, who's, whose name's, uh, I forget who's, but a guy like Todd and Mel saying, all of, all this about Bryce Young, well, he is NFL caliber, he's NFL ready. And you talk about the, with the quarterbacks, they're doing they're doing tiers for the quarterbacks, and they're saying who can start or who can start right away and who can't start right away. Well, Bryce Young was in that caliber and on that list of who can start right away. So why is this even a fucking debate? First of all, and we're talking about Corral and and Andy Dalton when we just drafted number one pick. Well, I mean, it, I must be missing something. I'm not a I'm not a GM of a team, but I think that's a little disrespectful. You drafted the guy number one, and then you're like, hey, you know what? Even though you were number one, you're not ready. I'm not saying you have to tell him, like, you know, you're going to be this this guy, this guy. But you at least should tell him that, yeah, it's your job. He should be saying, it's your job in training camp to lose. Like, you're the starter, but you can lose it in training camp if you suck. But right now, you're the starter. That's what I think you should have said. And I, I hope it's just like... I just hope it's some psychological games they get to get the guy motivated to come into camp and not have a big head. But I we guess. we talked about this with Malik Willis, and we were t we'll talk about this guy later in the show, but we saw it with Justin Fields with the same backup quarterback with Andy Dalton. I won't foreshadow too much of the headline, but things going on in camp now with some for almost a year and some change with Justin Fields just being the guy himself – we hear things are going pretty well for him down there. I'm pretty sure it's because he, there's a monkey off his back. There's not a guy breathing down his neck, although he's probably a good vet, but he, he's a serviceable one and he can play. It's a difference in feeling as a quarterback when you know you have the investment of your team. You play looser. You're not afraid to make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really think they should be like, this is your job, Bryce Young, but I also don't think they should be like, this is not your job. That's kind of – they did say it was an open competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I – just there's something weird about. That. I feel like when teams do that, make that move, make that those kind of that kind of verbiage. I just think some there's always some weird shit that comes of it. I don't know why. I just feel like those guys always get off to a slow start when it's like you're coming in here and you're already fighting a couple more battles before you even get started. Maybe uh, maybe it's me getting softer. They should compete. I really think they should compete. But I think they should. I think as a young guy coming in, you should know you have the backing of your of your guys to know like, listen, this is kind of my job to lose they didn't say it but it's pretty much what it is and i can lose it to andy dalton i definitely can but I, i'm definitely i don't know hopefully for some guys i guess for some guys it can work and some guys it can't but some of these guys putting them in a deficit off the rip really hasn't worked for i them, don't I know like. why 
they would say you especially know, in, um, your number one pick i feel like you should almost advertise investment why rather than i don't know why it's andy's and not fucking matt's to be honest with you don't do that don't do that, don't do that. Don't do it's andy fucking dalton <laughs> Andy's all right. Andy, I mean, Andy's come all right. on serviceable serviceable he's still serviceable He's still serviceable. It he worked did. a little bit because he got some games in New Orleans last year. I think that's the only reason. Still, he's still serviceable. And let's say he was a backup all year and didn't play. Then mm. it's a different story. I'm mm. still saying. I mean, mm. come on. First and, and, of all. And, and when he was with, and when he was with um, the year before that, the first couple games when he was with Chicago, he was okay. That's right. Okay. That's true. And then he got bitched and yeah. by Justin Fields, which we will get into in a moment. Um, again, from the score, let's talk a little bit about Anthony Richardson. Jonathan Taylor saying that the Colts, quote, offense will get real scary. With Anthony Richardson he says, he at says quarterback, some disrespectful shit. He did also say that <laughs> Richardson reminds me of Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Wow! Looking at the size component, you'd throw Cam Newton in there as well. Wow! He's a like, wow! Threat. Wow! That's a lot of guys. That's Jonathan. It's a lot of good football players in the mix okay. into one guy. <laughs> Thank you, uh, thescore.com, for that information. There, the Jonathan Taylor Colts running back again. Little biased, but he's allowed to be. He's allowed to be excited yeah, as well. Be. He's allowed to be excited as well. That's he got teammate. his quarterback. We don't that's have, true. we don't have, you know, Matt Ryan, fucking Nick Foles. <laughs> that's true. For Christ's sake. We All got right, our that guy. is true. That is true. And he says, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and then the size component is Cam Newton. Shit, so, this hey, guy just might be the GOAT. He's doing cartwheels and flips and backflips at the combine. He's a freak athlete. Maybe didn't maybe didn't didn't, didn't wear a sleeveless didn't wear a sleeveless like Will uh, Levis. Come on, give me a fucking didn't break. Wear I mean that shit still pissed me off. How the hell the, are we gonna yell at Will he Levis? Just might be the goat. I don't get it. How are we gonna yell at Will Levis for wearing a tank top <laughs> when fucking Anthony Richardson is doing flips? That doesn't concern people. What if he got hurt there? Huh? <laughs> the fuck? Uh, I'm letting Richardson know that I'm here and I have his back no matter what the case may be. Again, Jonathan Taylor's quote there. But Whether see, that means, I like this. Look at this right here. Investment, gas. All that. Bryce could use some of that, I think. Anthony's probably true. feeling hella good right now walking into that walking to that facility. You know what? Maybe Andy Dalton could do some of that shit, you know. Behind closed for, doors type for Bryce, shit. For Bryce, okay? Yeah, He's better. Yeah, my fault, Andy. My fault. Um, Jonathan Taylor again saying that whether that means, uh, in, this is in parentheses here, run pass options in pass protection or if he needs somebody as an outlet in the passing game could just be mean me being efficient in the run game for him. So look like we got a little tandem uh, showing up here as well. Um, I think they can be dangerous. I think they can. The potential, the potential is there, but let's. I, I just maybe he maybe he is the goat. I don't know. That's that's, that's some high. That's some high praise. Good guys from well, Jonathan. Taylor. And they got a new head coach as well. And you know a and lot about guy, that new and, head and coach. And honestly, there's probably no better coach coming from a different, from a situation like the Eagles to deal with Anthony Richardson ex Jonathan Taylor. So, eh. I mean, could Philly be had a pretty Philly had a pretty lights out offense last year uh, with Jalen Hurts. And again. If we're getting the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator and Jonathan Taylor is throwing Jalen Hurts comparisons to Anthony Richardson, Lamar, then maybe there's something to <laughs> say be, here. Be the code. Maybe something is foreshadowing <laughs> that Anthony Richardson is about to have a good year. Uh, I heard fucking... Rooting for you, AR, for sure. I'm, I heard last night, I saw Eamon last night, fucking talking about the Dynasty League. Yeah. And I'm like... We're still doing that, right? Because we put a lot of work in it. Hell yeah. He's like, I don't know if people are like back. I'm like, well, you better talk to him because we drafted Odell Beckham. Because so we sat on Odell Beckham all year and then we have this. So now it raises the question. We got to find a way to get Anthony Richardson. Facts. We got to find a way. Facts. Who did we draft last year? It was Derek Carr. Who was, we, we flopped drafted, on quarterbacks last year. We didn't flop. Tua was a good pick, but Tua got Malik hurt. Malik Willis also kind of folded flopped. for us. Derek Carr, horrible. 
Anthony Richardson, I hope not the league not listening, but Yeah, I think that's the guy. I don't mm-hmm. know how many picks you get. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, We're start he was like, I want to start another one. I'm like, fuck the other one, bro. I'm gonna still do nah, this. Nah, we should start another one. We should, you know we should we should do another one, but raise the buy in so motherfuckers actually stay in it. Stay locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Dynasty, cause Dynasty's cool. I kinda like Dynasty's that. sick, bro. Yeah, like it, we like should it. start our own one. The all day every day with show Dynasty. Everybody like here, just put it out. You know, yeah. first like, you know, do maybe, I don't know, fifteen guys, whatever, twelve guys, whatever. <sighs> yeah, we should probably nah, we should probably well, how much was that one? That was that. That one was ten guys. That one was ten guys. Twelve man dynasty league. Twelve man dynasty, like first come to join, mm-hmm. and then we can live stream it or whatever. Live stream the draft or some sick shit like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be fun. All right, moving on. Uh, keeping it with the NFL here, again from the Score.com, Bears offensive coordinator Fields. Uh, his quote here: Fields is Justin Fields. His quarterback is quote light years ahead of where he was last season. Very interesting. I think um, they back to our Brock Purdy Justin Fields debate. I think that 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 stock I was saying. I think he's about Bitcoin twenty fifteen. Said he was like years ahead. He was the year before Bitcoin kind of 2014, 2015 pumpage going on here. And also back to the point of Bryce Young, just investment, like a year of investment. I mean, what it could do to a guy, even even with Jalen Hurts, the first year, his first year being the guy. Wasn't the greatest, but he had some great games. And he and the next year, was he light years ahead? I, is there anything more than light years ahead? Because he was that. So I'm, I'm happy for Justin Fields. I hope it pans out for him because I really do think he's that guy. I really do. I think he'll pan out down there. I really, I really, really, really do. Can we, like, just shine light on when the Bears had the number one pick? All of what the media was saying, including inner personnel inside these NFL teams, saying that the Bears may draft a quarterback. And they may just kind of push fields to the side. And now we're talking about this. Finally, they did the right thing. They traded down. They got all those thoughts at everybody's head that Justin Fields was going to be a pushover. And now we're saying this. So I think this is a good sign. Good sign for Justin Fields. Uh, and this goes back to our debate that we had last week. What the hell was the question again? Uh, who would you rather have in the NFC as your quarterback for the next five years, Brock or Justin Fields? Right, right. So- Still very to be determined. Still very to because be determined, it, but athletically, you know, I did say athletically. Like, again, I'll say it again. Athletically, I said Justin Fields, but as, you know, fitting into a role, fitting into a system, being more of a leader, I had to say Brock. I mean, hey, I, I read my first power ranking the other day. They had the 49ers second, and then if it's, his, if it's Brock's team, and then they're second best team in the NFL, might just be better than Justin Fields. Sorry. Sorry. We'll see, though. TBD. All right, uh, moving to more NFL stuff here. The New York Giants, they lock up their guy, hey, Clemson. Sexy Dexy. Whoa, Dexter, whoa. that's what they call him, bro. That's not what they call him. Yes, they do. Right, we're going to call you Famous Dex on this show. We're going to call you Famous Dex. Come on, bro. That's what they say. That's what they say. No, Dex- nobody come sexy, to me for that. Sexy Dexy is Bro, because he does his dance. What the hell is the dance he does like this? I can't do it. Uh, okay, big fella. Oh, okay. That's what he does. He does something that's like this. That's what's up. That's what's up, bro. Uh, that's he pro- can move for a big that's dude. Pro- that's probably why y'all not winning games. Y'all calling y'all big man sexy Dexy. Like that's what they call him. Okay. Okay. Dexter Lawrence signing a four-year, ninety million dollar extension. Sixty million of that is fully guaranteed. I like that. I like how the bar is getting raised for professional fucking defensive wait, wait, wait. tackles. Big, big man got paid. Clap up. That deserves a clap up. Yeah. Big man yeah. got paid. Okay. Clap up. Okay. Clap up. I think that's the big thing to note. Clap up. Clap Not only up. that I'm biased for Giants because I'm a Giants fan, I think this is just good to see that this position is starting to get rewarded at a higher rate. Facts. 100%. Facts. I mean, obviously you know Appreciate that. Appreciate your big fellas, man. Damn straight, bro. They're the ones in the, in the, uh, 
in in the trenches. And this is also, you know, after the Daniel Jones signing. So there's a lot of money going around in New York with that $160 million deal All from right, Daniel Dable. Jones. All right, Dable. Um, I mean, Dable got his guy. What are you okay? going to do now? What are they going to do? Uh, most importantly, what kind of money is Saquon Barkley looking at? Also in that power ranking I was speaking of, Cowboys were ranked 7th. Giants were ranked 11th. My hot take is we can just flip those two right now. Say it again. First power rankings I read, Cowboys were 7th. Giants were 11th. I think hot take, we can just go ahead and flip those right now. Okay. I mean, I'm with you. I think. I think 100% with you. I, I think I, I like what I, I you know the last couple of years like ever, ever since we started the podcast for real, I've been a fan of what the Giants had going on. Don't like y'all for shit, right? I do like what y'all. I do on. think like having Dable and GM Joe Sh- Joe Shane who were together in Buffalo. Those are just two like-minded guys that are really turning this team around. I mean, I didn't think that in you know this short of a time that they were really going to have a full you know clasp and and clamp. On, on everything going, you know, moving forward. Um, this deal also makes Dexter Lawrence the third highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL behind Aaron Donald and Jeffrey Simmons. So, again, we're going to see more guys that are going to sign for big money like this, and we're setting the tone for this position. We saw, we saw Jalen Carter's rookie deal. I mean, he's getting, I think that was what, he's getting 15 a year or something? And he will get paid. That's crazy. And he will get paid one day. And then speaking of this, I do want to make this quick note before we move on. Will Levis, I saw it was reported. I forget where I saw this. This is sources saying that him falling in the sec to the second round lost him upwards of twenty million dollars. We can make that back. That is thing, so fun. It's a good thing about money. That is so that's fun. That's a good thing about money, and that's a good thing about being an athlete, is that it's all in your control. We can make that back. Well, don't worry about it. They, they worry about your girl. They worry about your pockets. They even worry about your, they even worry about your throwing mechanics. They worry about your muscles. We can make that all back. Perception, Facts. we can make it all back. Well, don't worry about it, Will. I still fuck with you the long way. I think you're going to be all right. I still, we still root for you over here. What, what, that little walk was zesty, though. But besides that, my God, we rooting for you. You yeah. can make it all back. Fuck it. All right. Yeah, I know, because really it. what it is is like, now that kind of lights fire under your ass. I got to play because I got to earn a big contract now. Yeah. Once I get out of this rookie deal, I need to be signing a Daniel Jones-esque type of contract. We might be here from 10 years from now. That might be the best thing that ever happened to him. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, you can't not root for him at this point after hearing that stat. Okay. Okay. And also, he's got a tough QB room to to fight with. Very true. in, In Tennessee. Malik, Ryan Tannehill, he's listed as number three right now behind... Tannehill at one and Malika two. So a lot of work to be done. Hopefully a lot of money to be made as well. Let's head over to the NHL. Rangers, after a fucking disappointment, they part ways with Coach Gerard Gallant. And I was not really happy about it. Uh, I really thought he had a, uh, going back to this whole clasp clamp type bullshit, really thought that he had it with this team. Obviously very disappointing with the lineup that they had. But again, you know, I think the team let him down more than him. What? How, how can you? How can you? It's not like he can go out and take the stick from these players. Can't go tell. Can't go fucking play for Lafreniere who had zero goals. Can't go play for Panarin who had zero goals in seven games. Both of them. So I don't understand. Patrick Kane was pretty much non-existent in that series. Mika had one goal, two goals. Kreider had six, but that's pretty much it. I think the team folded, and he got the fucking he got the the blunt of it. 
he got the worst of it. So I disagree with it because now who do you look for? What else? What else? What are you going to do? And again, a lot of it was because they had the lineup and where they went last year, losing to Tampa in the ECF. I don't, I, I just, I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of lost here because where do you go? So now you lose your coach. Now the, the whole rebuilding that everyone's trying to say that they did was rushed. Now you got to basically change the whole fucking lineup again. So you're coachless. You got to lose Patrick Kane. Maybe, maybe Tarasenko as well. Maybe let go of Lafreniere, who was a number one pick, by the way. Now what? Team's in fucking shambles. Okay? That's all I got to say on it. I mean, I, I don't get it. I thought he had the team. I really thought he had the team. Again, this is a disappointment, but I don't think you take, I don't, I don't think you, you give Gallant the, the blame because when the team doesn't perform, it's not like they were fucking, you know, in every single game and, you know, maybe there was a couple bad moves. It's like when you talk about Aaron Boone and you, like, you know, his, his roster moves and, you, you know, you pull pitchers too early and then the, the reliever gives up a walk-off two-run homer. Well, that was a bad coaching move there. It's not like he was doing any of that. He had to adjust his lines every single game, mid-game, because these motherfuckers could not perform. Get shut out in Game 7. Is that on him? Fuck no. Fuck no. Your players don't want to score. No fucking heart. Um, sorry, man. I, 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 I like you. I liked you a lot. So, good luck. <laughs> Seriously, good luck. Um, sorry, let's, man. <laughs> honestly. I mean, where, where do you go now? Somebody somebody tell me. Who, who, who are they going to get? Because I fucking don't know. Um... Okay, more NHL stuff. The Blackhawks win the draft lottery, and we know who they are going to select. So is that shit actually rigged or no? Because I was just laughing at NHL Twitter because they were saying the draft is rigged. And Bro, I they, mean, need to, they need to fix the lottery rules and this and that. People are bitching because Chicago just had, you know, they just pretty much got rid of their stars. Jonathan Taves, mm -hmm. Duncan Keith now retired, obviously. Uh, Patrick Kane. Kane. Like, you know, and then they're like, you know, they just had their guys, and they were... Without them for less than a year, because right, Kane and mm -hmm. Tage, and now you're talking about getting this number one pick out of Bedard. What? And I'm like, listen, hold on a second. So it's just like the Warriors getting ready to Clay and stuff, and then and then they restart. But I'm like, I they disagree. Get, they, get, they get Luca. Like Chicago. If you talk about a team that's in shambles that needs a serious rebuild, it's Chicago. It's not like fucking they're gonna get Bedard and then be immediately in playoff contention again, because that's just not happening. I don't think you should be mad about it because it's not like, you know, he could have went to Anaheim at two, you know, balling out with Trevor Zegras, okay? So it could have been a I little bit different. I would fuck with that because I like Zegras. You know, he could have like been, been with Columbus who, you know, you have Johnny Hockey over there. They obviously underperformed. Yeah, Goudreau's in, in Columbus. All right. um, Johnny Hockey, I like that. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a Philly guy. I need to watch me some. Oh, I need to watch me some highlights. I don't know who. I Danny actually went and is. saw him play at the Phillies. Uh, practice. I mean, the Phillies, the Flyers practice facility a couple years ago. Um, but he was supposed to sign with the Flyers, and then he, oh, that kid. He, uh, they, 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 everyone was him, so bro. pissed because we didn't get him. Yeah, bro. Oh, right, okay, 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 um, okay, okay. But you know, it's not like he's going to lineups where they are a couple pieces away, or you know, I know like Anaheim's a couple away. Um, the Sharks are. Little bit more than a couple away. Canadians who who got five, they're way more than a couple away. You look at the Blackhawks, they're nowhere Fly fucking guys near at it. seven. Fly guys at seven. Cut I called more, that shit too. More, I knew they were going there. They're, 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 they're ways to go, but you know, I was actually kind of rooting for them to get one. I would have I, I started going to some uh, Flyers games next year just to go see these guys play. And this is um, a generational talent. We talk about guys like Jack Hughes as well. These are guys that are playing in the league right away. 
You know, I think people underestimate the road that it takes when you're in the NHL, how long it takes to get up there. Kind of like baseball, but a little harder. Um, it's a long fucking road to get there. So if you're the number one player and drafted, you are the number one player at your position out of the entire fucking world. 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 We're not talking about college football where it's the United States. We are talking about the entire fucking world, and you're going to start right, right away. Jack Hughes is one of those guys. You know, obviously fucking Alexi Lafreniere was, but I guess we don't perform in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that the Blackhawks got it because what do they have? They 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 needed this. You talk about teams that needed it. They needed it. Again, the Flyers did too. Canadians did too. Coyotes in Arizona did too, for sure. They fucking suck. They suck, and their arena sucks. You got to give them some support there. Also, Columbus kind of did too with how underperforming this season was. But again, I do think the Blackhawks just needed it more. So don't give me that bullshit of, oh, they just lost their guys. They lost their generational talents, and, and they're, they're three big stars, and now what? They, they get less than two months off, and now they're restarting the, a rebuild again with this type of player. They need that type of player. What are you talking about? They have nothing else there. So I was definitely um, surprised last night. I didn't think they were going to get it. I really thought Columbus was going to get it, to be honest with you. But uh, more hockey stuff here. Thank you, score.com, for all of this info here. The Maple Leafs suck. Yeah, they should for real, for real. Sorry to cut you off, but, like, the score app should for real, for real give us an affiliate link just because of my usage, bro. I've put so many people on this. Bro, I've used the score app. It was, it Tell was, that right there. It was, me, it was me and like five, six Pacific homies a long time ago. We all had our issues, and we all used to score out for our issues. And I'm pretty sure we all have been using it and advocating for it since. They need to send like a package of like 25K to like me and like six other people, like off the top of my head. I know. Score.com, you will for be tagged sure. in this right here. Pay attention. Fuck it, ESPN. Never used it. Yeah. Never will. Affiliate link. Lock it the fuck down. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the Leafs fucking suck. Let's also remember, down 3-0, right? Let's also remember, for people that weren't paying attention, because how many times have we got to tell you to pay attention to NHL playoffs? Facts. After the Panthers beat the Boston Bruins in Game 7, Toronto raised, raised, rose, rised, rose, I don't know, fuck it, to the, the Stanley Cup champion favorite on sportsbooks, the Maple Leafs. Now they're down 3-0. Oh. And they lost home ice. Like, what the fuck? And then they lost game three. I mean, now, now we're talking about a possible sweep. sweep. And then the Panthers. I mean, dude, how many people are going to keep sleeping on this fucking team? Here was my favorite part about it, too. Obviously, if you're if you're a Leafs fan and you're wa you're awaiting, you know, game seven for, you know, to play the Panthers or the Bruins, you're fired up. Because you want the Panthers to win because you don't want to play Boston. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they were this juggernaut all season long. They still didn't walk the walk, but they were this juggernaut. So what do the fans do in Toronto? We want Florida. And then after the game three overtime winner in Florida, the entire arena in Florida. We want Florida. Uh. Down three fucking O. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's I like that a lot. I mean, we're looking at a possible sweep here. And then the winner is probably going to get the Hurricanes, to be honest with you. The Devils might do it again. Come back down 2-0 after a huge 8-4 to win. I saw that. Jack and Luke, Luke Hughes, Hughes. I didn't know who that was. Snapping. Like, that's his brother or some shit? Yeah, I bro. A lot that night. I don't know who the fuck Luke Jack Hughes Jack going was. MMA style, losing his first Speaking tooth. Speaking of other fucking, I did see he lost a tooth. First tooth, he said. 
Damn. He said it's. He said you know hockey players lose teeth all the time, so it was coming at some point. But it was coming at some point. I'm so like, fun. damn, bro, you actually had. Did your you see teeth Evander Kane fucking cross check someone after the fucking? Uh, yeah, that man. shit was crazy. That dude's a psycho, man. <laughs> I love dude's that a psycho. Shit. That dude is crazy, and that series is also unbelievable as well. Yeah. Vegas winning that five one last night. Um, yeah, I think I think the Leafs are fucking done. And again, if they get swept here. I think you can still say, you know, the same thing that I've been saying since, you know, that Tampa series. If they lost that series, Austin Matthews will will definitely put a lot of thought into getting the fuck out of there. Come to Philly. I think if you lose here and you get swept, I'd, I still think that's a failure because you're looking at back-to-back years where you couldn't even make it to the Eastern Conference Final. So, uh, we'll see. Obviously, we know not many teams come back down 3-0. Okay? Fly guys so, have. Yeah. One of the few playoff series I've watched. Okay, over to the NBA. Again, I do want to mention this uh, for our, our uh, watchers on YouTube. Um, if you haven't already, drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button as well. But we do release these episodes in different segments and chunks in little clips or short-form clips. So if you can't watch the whole video or you can't listen to the whole podcast, um, you know they do go out in clips so you can see that as well, shorter videos for you. All right, over to the NBA. Wow, Jokic receiving a tech. He gets fined. I believe it was $25,000 after shoving the Suns owner. And you know what was funny? To everybody else, I guess that's just some casual fan. <laughs> just not the owner, apparently. Some guy. Some guy. Okay. <laughs> My thing is, why the fuck's he not in his box? Why, why are you down on the floor? Why, what, are you do, what are you doing on courtside? I get it. Courtside's a great spot to be. I mean, shouldn't a you great be, spot, fucking electrifying. Right. Down 2-1 in your crib. Shouldn't we be in our box? I mean, what are we What are we, What are are we? we doing? What are we doing? And, like, you're an attention-seeking whore if you're doing that, okay? <laughs> you were holding the ball. You were holding the ball. All right? You tried to take the ball away. Like, and you see, he almost reached for it, too. Like, he did. I mean, what yeah, are you yeah. doing? Hey, from, from, he, Stay in your lane, brother. He was drawing. Like, don't, like, nah, don't hold the ball. But Devin Booker did say he did help us out. He did help us get a W here today. You know what I'm saying? Everybody plays their role. And back and, and one thing that's big about what this series about everyone playing their role, something like this Pete sorely missed. Like two guys specifically, just Mikel and Cam Johnson. Just in terms of death of this team. See how hard it is for them to win games? I mean, even even when they win by margins, it's taken 30, 40, 50, 40. We get like a contribution of combined 23 points from everybody else. Like, obviously, you get your yearly CP3 injury. They kind of need a fucking owner on court side taking balls. They need yeah. they need a Mike Tomlin, someone sticking their leg out to trip somebody. They need all the help they can get because this team has literally zero depth. And it's, I can't, they can win this series. Because Devin Booker is the best shooting guard in basketball, bro, and he's fucking Wait, we, unbelievable. Yeah, talk about these numbers in the playoffs alone. I mean, what 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 is this guy on? I mean, it's like dropping forty is just casual. On at this fifteen, point. on like fifteen for twenty, like just doing it like his. I'm nothing. more like in awe of his shooting percentage mm-hmm. every game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're pushing sixty five percent from the floor every night, and I really. It it's 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 not. He was he had the same kind of efficiency when the team was deeper. The points were not as crazy. He was having his thirty five point forty point bombs. I think in the finals run, like Devin Booker was snapping. Yeah. But I think now, just like how is just him and KD going one and two, and he's still able to go like I think the one that he went fifteen for twenty, 
That's fucking hard when they know you're shooting. And the degree of difficulty of these shots he takes, the one, one of my favorite shots he takes is when he goes to the left side. You'll probably never be able to unsee this now that I said this. Goes to the left side of the basket, right-handed player, big man's obviously coming from like the, the little horn, the little charge place and coming out to contest. And he's at a, just a worst angle. And it can always left hand float it up and find the backboard and get it in on your weak hand. That's such a hard shot. And he does it like three times a game. It, the, the degree of difficulty of the shots that he makes at a high percentage of a clip is crazy. The, the walk down three he had, I don't know if you saw the clip where KD just was shaking his head when he was walking wet. This series has been incredible from a shot making player playmaking standpoint because on the other side Jokic and, and Jamal Murray have been damn good themselves I mean Jokic just had a, like a quiet and I don't even know how you can have a quiet 50 ball but it was a quiet all post work straight fundies 50 ball no one could stop that fucker and Jamal Murray's had his game so far I was kind of I was saying like I kind of made a comment that like there's no defense being played out there with these games these guys going nuclear I honestly think it's just better offense than it is bad defense. I, I, honestly, these games are competitive. These guys are in, these guys are getting contested shots. These guys are just playing incredible offense and low key. Besides the Lakers series, this is probably my favorite series. I mean, my own obviously, but this is probably right. been my favorite series to watch. It's been incredible basketball. Um, for all the hate I have gave Jokic, he's fucking insane. He's an unreal like, player. Now that we, my guy got the MVP and we don't have to debate who's gonna win the MVP and all this bullshit. Now that guy is fucking incredible i've never because i've never seen a guy not be able to get moved off his spot more than him even joel and b gets moved off his spot way more watch the series with the with the celtics al horford gets joel and beat up to the up wow. to the elbow consistently will move him off his spot Jokic does not get moved that motherfucker is crazy um so i'm just gonna keep on that series it, it, it is i just hope a lot of these guys that when you're watching because inevitably someone's gonna lose and Someone's probably going to have a bad game seven, and they're going to want to say he's a choker. Let's go back to literally every single one of these games of the series. The Stars have shown up and, and shown up in big ways every single game, and it's fucking amazing to watch. Well, I want to talk about Jokic, too, because of what he said yeah. about the the uh, the tech. Saying his quote was, again, from the score, his quote saying, the fan put their hand on me first. I thought the league is supposed to protect us. It's true. Whoever he is, he's a fan. He can't interfere with the game. Sure. Not saying you have to know who the Suns owner is, so I, I'm not mad at I the mean, comments. I mean, Mike Malone didn't know either. He said, he and here's guy. and Some there goes <laughs> uh, Mike Malone, coach at the uh, coach of the Nuggets here, saying. His quote was going to get the ball, and some fan is holding onto the ball who wants to be a part of the game. Just give the ball up, man. That's what Malone said. Just give the ball up, man. And then he's like, "I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit." That's what he said. He literally said. Uh, when asked, uh, this is a tweet from uh, Brendan Crystal here saying, "When if when Malone was asked about uh, about the tech, he said he referred to him at the Suns owner as some fan and said I really don't give a shit. Doesn't matter that he's the team team's owner. Don't give a shit. All right, I I guess I guess we don't give a shit. And then you got Booker like, oh, he said to the reporters, oh, he got us a point. He did his job." Get the fuck nah, out of nah, here, bro. Now I you're just clowning it. it. You're just trying to piss people off. I fuck with it. That's it. You're just trying to piss people off. Um, all right. Now we finally get to talk more about Sixers basketball. James Harden's 42 points in game four win with the uh, game winner in overtime. We're tied playing tonight in Boston at 730. Uh, pretty cool stuff from James Harden. I mean, that was just fucking at the end of that game was big shot after big shot after clutch shot. After clutch shot, you got Tatum.
banging one down. That was a cold fucking three falling over as well. I mean, I don't know how he's making that. Let's also not forget, like, even though the ball, like, didn't get out of his hands in time, Marcus Smart still made the fucking shot. I mean, so we're going back and forth. This is the playoff basketball that, like, is the most exciting because you're seeing clutch shot after clutch shot on both ends of the floor and the game's in overtime. I mean, if it wasn't for James Harden, there wouldn't even been an overtime, first of all. Uh, P.J. Tucker, we can also state the fact, I mean, first of all, we can talk about the leadership, but second of all, we can talk about the M1 and also making the free throw as well. So, uh, pretty damn good stuff to see out of the Sixers for a lot of people, you know, predicting that this, this series was going to be done at this point in four games or five games. Well, we're fucking tired going back to Boston. It's, uh, interesting part because you were saying how, like, the, how, uh, big shot to big shot, big shot to big shot, like the hard shot. It literally came down to a blown coverage. Like, mm-hmm. nothing else but, like, fundamental blown coverage. Like, I know Jalen Brown is sick because it could be shit you were taught in high school. And when the moment's that big, like, it's just it just fades you. You have Joel Embiid, MVP, walking down the post on Al Horford. Who doesn't double-team that? But you just can't. Right. You just cannot leave the shooter in the corner. There was probably thousands and tens of thousands of college and high school coaches cringing when they saw Jalen Brown collapse down. Because when I saw that, as soon as I knew Joel Embiid gave that pass off, I had a feeling it was game over. You talk about the Tatum three. That was fucking bullshit. That is a offensive fucking foul. He like, did pu- he pushed the shit out of Maxi Right in front of the referee, a blatant offensive fucking foul. I was sitting there. So from this, about the third quarter, the fourth quarter, I was silent because I got complete flashbacks of Atlanta up 20 at home in a game you need to win, and you don't win the game you need to win when you're up 20 at home. But, yeah, again, I, I didn't as that lead started, that. As soon as that lead started dwindling down, as soon as I started seeing Maxie having to be forced into taking bad shots because people have been loud about Maxie, me included, about his bad shooting percentage the last couple of games, but he's being forced to take those bad shots. I'll get to that. And I'm sitting there silent like, yo. We are really about to do this and go down 3-1. How the fuck do these guys continue to do this? And then I, 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 was, I completely lost it. I finally opened my mouth again when that, that, that Tatum shot happened because I was an offensive fucking foul. Now, well, I didn't even Doc, mention they shouldn't even been in this position in the first place because they were up 20. Sh- yeah. Now, it's, it's, it's all coming. It's the offense that we run that we have to run because we have Joel Embiid and James Harden. Could we find a way to run some kind of Warriors, Spurs-esque, move a shit tone out the ball, kind of a Sacramento Kings kind of offense? We probably could, but that's not the offense that we have. So the ball sticks a shit ton. If you notice, the ball sticks so much. And I am so tired of watching this shit because it's the three years doing this shit. The ball just sticks in, in incredible amounts. And you have players like Tyrese Maxey, who when the offense is flowing, he's doing, catching dribble handoffs, coming off off-ball screens. He's blazing past guys with his speed and get to the rack, get to a step back easily. Tobias Harris, even though he's not the best sometimes, when the ball's moving around, he's in the corner, he's open, he can get the ball on the post when the ball's moving around, get the ball at the elbow, make one move, get to the basket. When that ball's sticking, it completely fucks Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris because good players, not great players at this stage, just to get the ball five seconds left in the shot clock, make a move, consistently be able to get you bucks about the game. They can do it once, twice, three times. When they get hot, they can do it a lot. When they get hot, but consistently in the way you need it, when you're losing a 20 point lead and the crowd's getting disgruntled and people are getting frustrated and you're not getting foul calls, that ball sticking, forcing Tyrese Maxey. Now he has 10 now he has 10 seconds left in the shot clock. Now he's taking a step back three, which everyone hates. But why is he taking that shot? Because when he's getting the ball on the shot clock and how the offense is going, I think that is 
the main thing when it comes to Doc Rivers that's fucking annoying as hell. It's just the offense and how it's ran. And you might not be able to point the finger to Doc Rivers. Maybe you can point the finger to how the team's constructed because it's James Harden X, Joel Embiid. So how many other ways are you going to run this besides pick and roll and ISO? That is very true. But that shit right there, I was when I was watching that 20-point lead dwindle, I was so done with everything. Doc Rivers, Elton Brand, every single assistant coach. I was so fucking done because I literally could have just pointed the finger to the offense and how stagnant it gets when you're not having movement. Just imagine losing a lead when the, when the possession is one pass, two pass, dribble, 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 missed shot. They come down three-pointer. Do it again. Missed shot. They come down and one. Do it again. Like, it's just agonizing to fucking watch. You sound like me. And it has to be agonizing to be as a player when you're a guy like Maxi and you're not getting shots and you're getting a touch with eight seconds left in the shot clock. It is what it is. We made our bed. We can lay in it because we can beat these guys. I mean, we really can beat these guys. Tatum has a couple duds of games. Jalen Brown's been incredible. He's made a serious argument that he can be the second best shooting guard in the NBA besides Devin Booker, but Donovan Mitchell has something to say about that. But he did lose to the Knicks, and you guys are a bunch of pushies and babies, if you ask me. So, but... I am interested to see how this rest of the series plays out. I do really think we can get these guys. Um, that that was a fucking huge get. James Harden, I love more than life itself. I mean, this guy, I, I do understand him being more passive and, and trying to get Joel and be the shots, but I think we're going to need that 30, high 20, and sometimes 40-point James Harden to get over the hump here. So I hope we see that more. Go fucking Sixers, Sixers and seven. I hope I can stop stressing a little bit. Damn, you think it's, it's you think it's seven? Oh, I know. You think I, they lose tonight? I, I do think we do take out tonight a nice old dooski and we come home with a big game and I think and then you got to go back there I and think win we seven. see I think we possibly see blowout blowout and then close game just because it's it, Boston has to respond back home they'll probably respond in a big way to do it a lot well, we got to respond back home we just do that in a big way so you know talking about that blowout like they have the Celtics can do that because they came back mm-hmm. in that fucking game which was scary to Momentum, see yeah but. Yeah, huge. Uh, I just want to shine more light on James Harden. Uh, obviously the game, but everything off the court as well. Inviting uh, inviting uh, Michigan State student back to uh, game six as well. Said he was the good luck charm. Um, yeah, just really game. cool stuff. Just really also, powerful stuff. Got a shout out my boy P.J. Tucker. Because there was about five, six guys besides Harden and, and B giving us nothing. But goddamn, P.J. Tucker, the last couple games, has been willing to shoot from the corner. And P.J. Tucker's defense is P.J. Tucker's defense. We don't win that game without P.J. Tucker. Damn obviously, straight. Because Al, Al Horford was doing but, his fucking job yeah, to NBA. Fuck, yeah, fuck that guy. So, fuck that guy. All right, let's touch a little bit on the, <sighs> the Heat and the Knicks as the Knicks go down 3-1. Again, how many times do we have to say with this team that they can't fucking shoot? They can't shoot. They're not, they're not playing bad games. It's just like when we talked about... In game two, when they got blown out by the Cavs, they didn't play a bad game there. They just didn't make any fucking shot. Here, they didn't play a bad game, and it was still close. They just can't make shots, and we're doing the same thing. We're taking awful shots, severely contested shots, and then down the other way, you got fucking Duncan Robinson banging threes on your head. And then, I mean, look, I'm not a guy to make excuses at all, and this is not an excuse. This has to be, like, the light has to be shined on this. I mean, did the Heat not get every fucking call that they asked for last night? That was not the why they won the game, first of all. I'm not saying that. I am just saying, though. I mean, they're in the bonus with half a quarter to play. 
every quarter. How are we getting these calls? Mitchell Robinson is getting blocking fouls for standing vertically. I mean, they're getting every call. And when Jalen Brunson is hitting his shoulder bone to the fucking deck, we're not getting at once. I mean, we're lucky to get a call last night. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that's the reason they lost. But can they get a fucking call? Or at least stop calling everything on the fucking Knicks? It, it was just a joke. But when you talk about Jalen Brunson last night, he's still takeover mode. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen a big switch from the Cavs series and from game one saying we got to be better. We got to be better. Uh, more importantly, Julius fucking Randall. I mean, what? 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 You're saying maybe they want it more? They do. First of all, they do. Shouldn't even be saying that. Second of all, how are we shooting fucking 30%? Six 30%. Turn- six turnovers? I mean, rough one. I, I don't. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, you, you got. We, we got to have. Deuce McBride was playing last night. A lot of minutes. What? A lot of minutes. What? Josh Hart was there to play defense last night. That's it. He was playing lockdown defense for sure, but what? That's all. That's all. We were almost a near triple double in game two. The fuck? I don't know. I I, I, don't, I don't get that it. The team clearly wants it more. You guys lost that <sighs> game for a plethora of reasons, but. Nobody whole, wants to rebound. The bro. whole series got extrapolated to why you guys will lose in that last eight minutes. Guys were down about eight to ten points. At some yeah. points, it was 11 to 12. But kept making threes and kept cutting it to like seven, six. I think one time they cut it to maybe five or six. It, I think was, it was five. A, it yeah. was five they cut it to. How in the fuck can we not get a defensive reap? A defensive rebound. You're making a comeback. You're, you're in the fourth quarter. You're coming back down 12. At that point in the game, you're uh, you're away. But you're getting hyped up. Your bench is getting louder for you. You are you should be getting more offensive rebounds. Like Struggling to get a defensive rebound is fucking crazy. I knew it was over. You guys were down like 7-8. Hartenstein and Julius Randle go for a rebound. In between Caleb Martin. And he gets it. Kyle Lowry is going out of bounds, saving balls. And you're seeing guys just literally just looking at Bro, him. Bro, they're ball watching. Just looking at him. That what what Julius Randle said was so true, and he couldn't have meant it anymore because they do want that shit way more. These guys want to go home, man. Not RJ and Jalen because they want to play. RJ RJ had a nice game. Hey, last RJ night too. turned it on since from that Cavs series when everybody was shitting on him. He did, and he started to fucking play. And Jalen Brunson's turned it around well. The, the the guy that who has not turned the fuck around is Julius Randle, and we are just sitting ball watching. We went from a Cavs series. We even can talk about games one and two with offensive rebounding and rebounding in general from this team. We even talk about the Cavs series. Mitchell Robinson was given a high praise from Jared Allen saying that he's the best offensive rebounder in the league. Now we're in this series and we're in game four and basically a must win. No one's going to say that on either roster, but it is a must win game. And because you got to come back here for game six, if you win game five at MSG and we're sitting here not even getting a defensive rebound because we're just watching. How the fuck is Kyle Lowry getting three offensive rebounds in the fucking fourth quarter? And this is when we're under four minutes. So like every rebound, we're just sitting here taking, you know, seconds off. Just let the clock tick. I mean, in, in, in one possession, 
They had three offensive rebounds, and that happened back in back-to-back possessions for them. I mean, when the ball goes up, everybody looks like they're boxing out, and then they're just watching. Oh, somebody's going to get it. No, Kyle Lowry's going to slither his way in and go find it. So that was the most disappointing part because, again, it's not like they played, you know, it's not like they played a disgustingly awful game. They just couldn't shoot. They were in the game. You know, a disgustingly awful game was Saturday in the blowout. Iso Julius is kind of ugly, too. I mean, we're running the same, like you said with the fucking, like you said with the Sixers. I mean, we're running, it's it's like doing the same thing, thing every possession, expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting, even when we're getting open looks, open threes, late in the game, Jalen Brunson, like, kind of needed to have this needed. one. Needed, the corner one especially. Missed it. I'm like, guys, we can't be, I mean, this is like some of the best chances you're going to get late in the game to put yourselves back in the game. To potentially walk out of here with this tied series going back to New York, and you just can't can't hit a shot. I mean, try to drive down and then make a a two foot pass inside underneath the hoop when there's four guys surrounding you, and it's a turnover every time. What what, what, what are we doing? Jalen Brunson did it a couple times. RJ did it a couple times. We're driving into the lane. Now we're under the hoop, and you're just trying to make a little like tiny little pass two feet away from you. But there's Bam Martin. Duncan's down there. Kyle's down there. What, who's going to get the ball? One of them. So uh, just a frustrating way to lose um, because they were in this game, and they did have a large chance to win this game. I did take them at halftime to a plus 280. thought it was good value. Uh, and I, I thought they were going to win. I mean, I think it was an 8-point down 8 at half. Yeah, it was 58-50, I think, or 48-56, something like that at halftime. They were in this game. Them boys got no heart, no balls. I, I and just, that's the New York team I'm saying that about. I thought that was like y'all thing. Them boys got no heart, no balls. That's what I saw. That was a shame to watch. I was, that if was I was a Knicks fan, that would have been one of the most painful playoff losses I probably just, would Just keep the fucking, like, at least at least go in there and make a statement at MSG. Because if you go fold, if you fold back-to-back games, and, I mean, I think it was a collapse in, in, in game three, but you folded in game four. If you fold, not collapse, if you fold in game five to go home at home in front of those fans then fucking blow the whole ship up, for Christ's sake. I mean, get Randall. See ya. Goodbye. Somebody's got to make make some changes here because I, I, I don't understand. I mean, Quentin Grimes is a shooter. RJ Barrett's damn good shooter as well. You need to start hitting some shots. Perimeter shots. And the biggest thing for me is fucking perimeter defense. I mean, I feel like it's every possession that they just collapse perimeter defensively and it's, Skip pass to skip pass to skip pass. Wide open Duncan Robinson in the corner. Wide open Caleb Martin. Wide open Max Struess. What, what, what are we doing? Where almost every possession, this is a good shooting team. Everybody knows that. And you're just giving them wide open looks. And the Knicks, of course, they can't get that. And even if they do, they miss it. So I need, I need better rebounding and for sure, damn well. You got to fucking lock these guys up on the perimeter. Because that's how these guys beat you. They beat you with these clutch shots because they're getting wide-open looks, and you're just fucking giving it to them. All right, let's go to the Lakers. Lonnie Walker is the first Laker to have 15 points off the bench in the fourth quarter of a playoff game since Kobe Bryant, who scored 17 points on May 8th, 1997, versus the Utah Jazz, which to last night was exactly 26 years ago to the day. Pretty, pretty powerful stuff there. And LeBron James saying as well, we don't win that game without Lonnie. Hell no. And they don't win this series without Lonnie. That's, you know, 
first year coaches under LeBron James get a fuck ton of scrutiny. And some deservedly so. <laughs> David Blatt, yeah, yeah. Ty Lue's first couple spinoffs, even though Ty Lue ended up being a good coach, and it still, it still is a good coach. First year LeBron coaches are under, under a lot of scrutiny. Luke Walton, yeah, we list goes on. Arvin Ham has, I'm thoroughly impressed at how he's handled himself in the playoffs and the year to include anyway, with everything they had going on with the Russell Westbrook situation, roster turnovers, stuff like that. Um, the one big adjustment he made in the series going back to L.A. was switching how they used their pick-and-roll offense, putting Austin Reeves on Steph Curry, moving Jordan Vanderbilt on Draymond Green, messed up kind of what Golden State had going on with their pick-and-roll. Then he, at that same time, he's making the adjustment of playing Lonnie Walker more minutes. I think game three or game two, he had about 24 minutes. He seemed to get 20 again. I think last night, did he have like 30 minutes or maybe a high 20-minute you know, game? And he's been the X factor. Because as much Austin Reeves had a good game last night, but as much as Austin Reeves was their X factor throughout the rest of the playoffs in the year, first couple games he wasn't that he wasn't that great. You're kind of been waiting for him to explode, and that's when you see these Lonnie Walker minutes coming in. And he's had a great game, but I think that also did open up for Austin Reeves as well because he had a good game last night. But it might be is the dynasty over with? I mean, like I foreshadowed in the past, if you cannot handle your business on the road, if you can't at least split, if you can't win games at all on the road. It is it, it is it is irreversible damage. That's irreversible debt. That's fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt year one. You done bought a new whip. You can't pay it back. You can't win a game on the road. You gotta be able to split one. And Curry's on Curry's showing up on the road. Where's his duo? Where's his number two at? It can't just be game six, Clay. You gotta play game one, two, three, four, and five too. What the fuck? We were having Jordan Poole what three for fifteen last night. I think that was the stat. I mean, nine Jordan, points, by the way. Jordan Poole has been getting consistent cardio in the entire playoffs. He's had a couple of nice <sighs> games, but he's been getting consistent cardio in just that. Nothing more, nothing less. Clay Thompson, this is where they need you bad. And I understand you want to feel bad for a guy because it's almost like we, I, maybe not Warriors fans, because obviously they watch him every night and they're going to hold Clay accountable. But I'm talking for me personally. Post injury stuff's going on. There was like a honeymoon phase with Clay. Like he kind of do no wrong. I didn't care if Clay went one for 21 because I just wanted him to shoot the shots. His Clay's, he's healthy playing basketball. At this point, Clay, we need you back. We need you back. You know what I'm saying? 2018, 2017, Clay, you got to be hitting shots. You're no, I mean, Steph Curry's dropping triple doubles. Steph Curry's getting 10 rebounds. Steph Curry's throwing behind the back passes. Steph Curry's throwing no look one handers from half court, getting the rebound, coming back, Steph back three. Like, that motherfucker needs some help. Bad. This reminds me of this Kings Bad. series again. I mean, we're looking right back to the Kings series. Games that you need to win, you lose. Should have won. Unbelievable. Shouldn't have had to go to seven games because you should have won at home. Unbelievable. Won game six at home. And to your point about Steph, this is fucking bullshit. It I'm is. also pissed that it I had is. fucking, you know, coin on the goddamn Warriors to win last night at plus money. He's, he's got to be dying out there, bro. I mean... 31, 10, and 14. What last the night. Fuck? 31, 10, and 14. A Steph Curry line. And you have Clay Thompson that had nine points, five rebounds, and two assists. He shot three of 11, and his nine points were from three threes. He went three of nine from three. Then we look can at. You, can you read another stat? How many times did he, get to, did he get to the line? Zero. Do the same for Jordan Poole. Uh, Jordan Poole, this is also just hilarious. You talk about cardio. Fucking zero points. Two turnovers, three rebounds, two assists, didn't get to the line, 0 of 4 from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3. I mean, this is just a fucking joke. Now, there's been 
talk about these guys like Clay and Jordan Poole getting going. Now, we don't know Clay as a perennial get to the basket guy, but Clay in his prime, get to the rack. He could bang on you. Get to the mid range spot, open up his game. Jordan Poole, we see him at his best last year. Obviously, he has that step back three package, but at his best, coming off that pick and roll, slithering through the defense, getting to the line, making those nice passes, then open up his game from there. I see, I don't know if you caught one of it as well, but a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about the foul differential in this series. The reason why I wanted you to say that is because his more so or less besides Wiggins, because Wiggins is one guy who will go to the basket no matter what the fuck's going on, his one and two guys in the scoring department are just not getting downhill in any capacity. And if we want to complain about foul foul differential and foul shots, look at your number one and number two guy on offense besides Curry not getting to the line at all. Like, at all. We can't complain about foul differential if those guys are getting to the line at all. And when we talk about them going three for 15 and giving you nine points of output and where's where's Clay Thompson, where's Jordan Poole, I... This could be – I do watch the games as much as everyone else, and I do see what's going on out there, obviously. But I, I think it could easily work themselves in the game if we just get to the fucking line or try to well, get a layup or two, get to the line, get downhill, make a good pass. I think it's alarming for those guys to be shooting at that bad of a percentage or not or – for Clay to be shooting that bad of a percentage and then for Jordan Poole to be not involved in the game offensively that much, for them to not be at the line one time. That's like I think that's fucked. You got at second quarter, third quarter, you have a game going for you like that. You're not making shots, not getting involved in the offense. You should just be thinking, I gotta get to the, I gotta get to the line. Not I gotta get a three. I, I don't know. I think that's fucked. And, and and thirty needs them guys bad. Well, I mean, you talk about the free throws as well and getting to the line and the differential of calls there. I mean, the Warriors were nine of twelve from the line last night. The Lakers were twenty for twenty. And it's 100%. not it's not favoritism. It's no. not bad calls. It's how how these two teams play. If you watch the Lakers, it's a lot of AD, LeBron back down, come off a screen, Dennis and Austin Reeves get downhill, not go for the three, and they play inside out. And you're gonna get foul calls. And there's gonna be a differential if you're playing a team and they know how and listen, LeBron, I can't we probably don't even know how many sleepless nights LeBron has had trying to figure out how to beat these fucking guys. And I guarantee this is part of his itinerary. So it's probably going to just plan for that guy. Yeah. But if you don't get downhill, you don't go to the basket. If there's one guy, two guys on your team going to the basket, you're not going to get to the line. I don't know what you guys are wishing for. I don't know what you guys are wishing for. You have the Warriors at plus 370 to win the series. Is it possible? It is. And I did say I did say Lakers in Oh, I, I wanted Lakers in seven. I wanted Lakers in seven. I didn't think it would get done, but I did want Lakers in seven. And yeah. this is kind of how I saw the series going. Splitting, splitting that chase. Warriors can't win at home, and then now we kind of see what was going, to, what we're going to see now. I do like the narrative as, hey, LeBron got one down three one. Can Steph get his one? Facts. Down 3-1? I was thinking about and, the same shit. In the most even that this that this uh, series has been between them two. I did see something on Twitter as well. Someone was like, I can't believe they're saying that uh, LeBron is an underdog in this series when he has AD and Steph Curry's team has been this and that. Well, well, dumbass. They were minus one thirty. They were fa- they were right. favorites. They were favorites. And, and and more times than not, I think I think every time, if not maybe one time, LeBron's been favorite playing them. I think it was a playing. Hey Steph, it ain't been you. It hasn't been you, but it's gonna be it's gonna need to be more of you for this to happen. As we saw with Kyrie and Clay, I mean Kyrie and, and LeBron when they came back down three one, forties and forties, forties and forties, triple doubles, triple doubles. Steph, you're gonna have to drop Steph probably drop like fifty twice, forty once. Clay's gonna have to drop 35, 40. It's gonna take that kind of thing. Can they do it? They can. And I think low key with Clay being cold, Jordan Poole being cold, those guys are volume shooters, streaky shooters. 
them being cold the first five games of the series coming back now, they get hot. I don't think the Warriors plus 370 is a bad ticket to place. That's all I'll say. The other thing, too, is this is just like the Knicks. You get a chance to go back in front of your home crowd and show them get that, some momentum. you know, get some momentum and show this crowd that you're not you're not done yet. Um, you scare the shit out of your crowd at game six and you lost to the Kings. Um, but here you are, backs against the wall. Steph's going to have to perform again. We will be better on Steph Curry in game, in game six, by the way. I mean, across the board. Yeah. But watch this be a game where like Clay has goes like five of Games you know five of nine from three, uh, and he turns it back on and Poole drops a twenty piece or game or game five. My bad, Jesus, these guys have home court. I know. <laughs> I'm thinking it's game six to the, these guys. I'm thinking they don't have home court. They have home court. Yeah, bro. They got they. I mean, this is just like the Knicks. They have home court. They gonna need game six, Clay in LA. Oh hell no. Nah. Oh hell no. Nah. I think the value is just so crazy. And I, you got to take, take, take it. No, I think it's. I think it should be more. I mean, three seventy, really, really? They think the worst could possibly like. There's a there's a bigger possibility I mean, they can at, do this. No, 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 no. I mean, I from, from a from a sheer odd standpoint, there'll be underdogs in in game five. No, no, it'll be favorites in game five. My fault. Yeah, be favorites in game five. Back at Chase, and then underdogs more. again. Most likely underdogs, if not an extremely tight line, in game six, and then the same situation either in game seven either. Should be favorites, but underdog probably a tight line in Game Seven as well. Three seventy kind of makes sense. Three seventy kind of makes sense. It's not. It's, we it, will be betting on. It's not like they're like plus six and a half every single game. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's it's, it's tight lines every game. Plus three. I I take it. It's. I mean, there's. And I guarantee they win that. They win. I probably say they probably shoot right down to two hundred to twenty. And if they win Game Five. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, betting. I mean, you're betting with Steph Curry, essentially. So, taking for another thirty piece uh, in game. Five and I'll do it in Game Six as well. Do you take more into account that LeBron did get a W or is looking like he's gonna get a W in their most in their most even matchup? Do you take a lot of stock in that? I do. I do too. And he's older. I take a lot of stock in that personally. Well, you know, no, it's not discrediting. It's not. It's not discrediting the Warriors or Steph. Well, I more was, so me saying, okay, Bron, I see what you did, but it was it was it was it was cool. I see what you did, but it was cool. Well, I, I was listening to ESPN Radio yesterday, and um, I forget who it was, but they were saying that LeBron. Needs more out of AD because then he can take, you know, he doesn't have to go at his age, doesn't have to go mm. fucking 150% every mm. night. You know, he can kind of pick his spots when he needs to be that guy. I'm getting dumb sidetracked, but that's why Lonnie Walker was so big because the Lakers are astronaut. Their, their record is unbelievable when D'Lo is scoring 16 points or more and he was 1 for 11 last night. That's why Lonnie Walker is fucking huge because they do not win that game without him. Right. I mean, this is just next man up and clearly. We did not see that out of anybody on the fucking Warriors besides, obviously, Steph Curry, who's just trying to keep this season alive. I mean, I wish the Knicks had a guy like that. Oh, wait, they do. Two of them, Jalen and RJ. But that's it. That is it. That is it. That's our show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. If you did watch on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, a comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, all of these uh, segments will be clipped out so you can see the shorter form content on YouTube as well. For our Apple Podcasts and Spotify listeners, do make sure to drop a rating there. That does help us go a long way. And if you are not following us on our social media accounts, our Instagram is at ADEDpod. Our Twitter is at ADED Podcast, and our TikTok is simply just the name of the show, the All Day Everyday Show. You've been listening and watching to the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. My name is Alex Jacobs, but you can call me All Day AJ. Six, six, seven, six or six, six seven, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, 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 seven,
insane event, everybody. Love you guys.